Alright, this is the first episode of Mostly Ghostly. Matthew Fisher here with my my co-host, Ray Booten. Say hello, Ray. Hello, Ray. Absolutely. I had to, I had to do that. <laughs> <laughs> We've, uh, we're, 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 we're both fans of, you know, the spiritual, ghostly, you know, some of the scary, all type, you know, all types of, you know, some, some alien stuff maybe scattered in there, some conspiracy stuff, you know, we're always up for interesting conversation, and that's what this podcast is going to be for. Um, for those that don't know, I'm a filmmaker, and that's how me and Ray met, Ray is an actor, and we met making, uh, we made a film called Insomniac together, where I'd say we probably really connected on that, that was probably the one. Oh yeah. And uh, we always had some nice talks of, you know, spirituality and such. And uh, it's the era of podcasting. So we figured, why not? You know, I like to listen to some ghost podcasts myself. So I said, why not try one ourselves? So here we are in the first episode. So uh, I guess we'll, we could tell a little bit about ourselves for this episode. Other than, you know, I'm a filmmaker. I've always been a big fan of um, ghostly things, you know, and horror things, you know, um, you know, either watching, writing, reading. Um, it was just always, you know, something that interested me to the fullest. You know, I had a few people in the family that were into, you know, some 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 strange things um, of religions and, and and beliefs and stuff, and not so strange things. And just I I say that because I feel like I've had a well-rounded uh, upbringing of different different open-minded things so that's how I've got to the point where I'm at today but uh, Ray would you like to talk about some of the themes that might be included in, in this podcast that hit home with you uh, well I probably would have been described as a weird child growing up mm -hmm. um, like to be off on my own always sensed there was something more something a little bit different uh, out there than just what they were telling me. Mm -hmm. uh, later on in life, I, growing up in one of the homes my parents lived in, uh, we used to joke about it being haunted. Mm. Windows opening and closing, uh, different phenomenon going on. That visited, uh, visited my sister one time, mm -hmm. and, and uh, my older sister and the house she lived in. There were footsteps upstairs. Okay. And uh, my father being a skeptic, uh, he and I went upstairs to investigate, and each time we heard footsteps and walked down that end of the attic, there were footsteps behind us. Mm. And this repeated itself. And just encountering a lot of things like that growing up yeah. uh, got me curious, always into uh, horror films, did a lot of reading, when I was 17, had an experience where I died and was brought back. That changed the way I looked at things. Later on in life, did exploring different religions, including uh, ceremonial black magic. Ended up years later on, uh, right now, I'm a certified Reiki master and teacher. Uh, was initiated in the Order of Melchizedek. Um, sat on a Native American drum for a while. I learned a lot about that and uh, the spirituality there. And went to a, out of curiosity, went to a public gallery where a medium was. And I sat in the front row. He ended up telling me things about my family and my father I hadn't told anybody. Mm. Later on, not only became friends with him, I spent years studying with him, worked for him, and later on went out on my own giving public galleries, communications from those in spirit, yeah. and uh, private ones. And where I stand right now is that, yes, there is a lot more than what we see. Mm -hmm. um, I've actually formed a small group, and what we do is if someone has had a haunting, or let's say someone has come in and uh, did an investigation and things went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, we will come in, it's myself and several other people, to help that any trapped spirits move on, close portals, uh, 
bring peace and closure to the situation. Okay. So I don't do the mediumship professionally anymore, and the group I formed is we're primarily volunteer, only expenses, but we'll go in and help you. Um, yeah. Set things straight, so to speak, for both the living and those in spirit, and that's where I am now. You you would talk about haunted houses earlier. Uh, I was wondering how many houses do you think are actually haunted in America? I would say oh, quite a few, but you're going to have to eliminate, particularly during teenage years. You generate a lot of energy, yeah. and there's a lot of conflict there. And that energy you can create um, either uh, an entity or you can move objects, mm -hmm. that, what they call a PK activity. And I believe, for instance, growing up, uh, some of the windows opening, closing, certain things going on in the house, those are things I probably created myself or my sisters or anybody else in the family. Yeah. But I think that um, the spirit world uh, to call it that, it's right there, just another dimension right there along here with us. Yeah. And the back and forth, one interacting with the other, happens all the time whether we recognize it or not. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the, one of the things with, uh, I used to teach mediumship to people, and one of the things is to recognize those little things and to see what is around you that other people just ignore because they're wrapped up, oh, it's the job, oh, I gotta get here, oh, I gotta, gotta go there, oh, the bills have to get paid, and they close themselves. Right. You learn how to open up with certain protections, and you can communicate, and you can see a whole lot more and realize it's right there in your face. You're just not, you're just ignoring it. You're yeah. not seeing it. Yeah. And that includes the ghost. No, I agree. I just did a quick search to try and find if there was a percentage of houses. I couldn't find that, but I found out that I, 62% of people, I guess, from whatever, you know, uh, survey they did, said that they would move into a haunted house. How do you, would you, how do you feel about that? What's your opinion? Knowingly, you know, you got to know what you're dealing with, first of all, or how do you feel? You think you could just get in there and kind of exercise whatever may be in there, or what would be your take on going into something like that? Um, I would want to go in and investigate and find out what is there yeah. first. Um, as for going into a haunted house, um, where I live now and where I lived before, I do certain rituals every day, and they mm. are to cleanse the house, they are to create a very uh, positive and safe atmosphere. Mm. And um, if you have what someone would call a friendly spirit that wants to drop by, I don't have a problem. Right. Anything else is not welcome. Yeah and I'll kick it right out the door. You think a friendly spirit would just be one that might, you know, be the footsteps or maybe something moving and then, you know, the unfriendly obviously would be the physical stuff like handprints or scratches, maybe pushing or throwing of objects? Um, yeah, I, I'd probably say that. Sometimes, um, if you're talking about the friendly, they may not even realize they're doing something. Okay. They may just be passing through. Kind of uh, caught up in what used to be their life type, that, that deal? That, that deal. The other thing is if you are someone who is open or who have practiced any disciplines that raise your energy, that you can connect with those in spirit, they're drawn to that energy. Yeah. So uh, benevolent one yeah. spirits are really drawn to that. You have to set your own boundaries. Otherwise, if you're open all the time, you're going to go a little crazy seeing and experience every, everything around you that most people never do. Right. They'll probably lock you up and call you crazy. They sure would. It's kind of like the Insomniac film where he yeah. starts to see some things. But, um, yeah, when I grew, I grew up in it, I was, like, born into a house that, that I always heard, you know, I heard some stories of, and I had a story myself. I used to always hear this story. My aunt would be coming around the corner of this... Uh, uh, in front of some stairway staircase that they had and she'd look up at the top of the stairs and there'd be this little girl in a yellow dress uh, I'd always hear that story but my story which was interesting enough is I was there at the time it was my mother uh, my aunts and uncles and my grandmother living in the house 
and um, I shared a room with my mother at the time. And I remember every time my uncle would stay out, you know, partying or doing whatever he was doing, I could s sleep in his bed, and uh, that was like a big deal because he had all these like action figures that I enjoyed and, and, and Matchbox cars. So long story short, as I was sleeping in his bed, and in this dream, I, it was me in the bed. And I looked out the window, and as I looked out the window, there was a hand coming up the window, and it was wearing what looked to be one of those yellow cleaning gloves, which was real weird. And I remember it just coming up, creeping up slowly, up, 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 past the wrist, past the forearm. And I remember in the dream, I shook myself up, I woke up, and I looked over at the window, and the hand was still in the window. And I screwed out of there because I, I didn't <laughs> want to see the face. I, I remember just being a kid and not wanting to see the face, like being like young and like smart enough to know like uh, this, the face is going to be a little too much. And uh, so I booked it downstairs, but that's always stuck with me. And that's the first real memory that I have of something mostly ghostly, you know. Um, I later found, heard that there was a... Um, heard wives tale I don't know if it was true or not but there was an old story from before my family had the house and there was like a, a mother a single mother old lady that lived there and her son went off to the went off to a war and when the son came back the son the uh, he, he came back with a wife or shortly after he came back he, he he became you know in love with some woman and supposedly his mother killed the son because the, the son was going to leave her to go with this other oh, woman. Okay. So, and then she buried his body outside of the house, which was interesting because outside of the house is right where that, above, above that area is where that window was. So that oh. always kind of stuck out to me. But I don't know what the significance of those yellow gloves were. You know, maybe she used them when she cut them up. You know could what have, I mean? Yeah, could have. Um, but I don't know the if that that whole house is weird. There was like a wine cellar that was just this big pit. We used to always joke and scare each other. It was like the pit to hell down there, and you go in and it would <laughs> sidewinder suck you in <laughs> in the dirt. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially with us from Massachusetts, I think I believe Massachusetts is one of the most haunted states in America. Well, Massachusetts is old, yeah. So it's got a lot of history, a lot that went on here. Um, for instance, Salem wasn't the only place you had atrocities as far as uh, the witch trials. Uh, most most of the Native American tribes around here were slaughtered, um, and with that history, you're going to get the usual. And I'm, I'm, it's sad to say usual, but mm -hmm. crimes, and you're going to get the murders, and you're going to get everything. But it's generation after generation is experiencing this. Mm -hmm. And it all builds up. And one thing that happens is when you build a lot of energy up, it gives life to things. Yeah. And it gives that energy to the spirits of those that may have died in conflict, may have been murdered, mm -hmm. have unsettled uh, issues. And with that energy in this place built up over centuries, um, you're going to have a lot manifesting, yeah. a lot coming up. And you mentioned the, the yellow glove. One thing um, in mediumship is sometimes when you see something, it has a second image, and you may have to figure it out. As an example, there was I worked with someone one time and knew very little about this person, but I think it was a father had died, mm -hmm. and then shortly after, the mother died. Okay. And they were uh, very upset, didn't know anything about their family, and sometimes um, I get a flash image. And if it's very, very strong, I know I have to say something. Yeah. And I had never discussed anything with this person. And I said, listen, your parents are here. They want you to know it's okay. There's a picture of them inside a picture. Hmm. I wasn't sure what picture within a picture was. Yeah. But I was kind of fuzzy, saw this picture in a picture. And uh, this person said, I don't know what that is. And I said, they're very, very strong. This is to tell you that they're okay. Hmm. No, I don't. I don't have anything like that. Check with your family. They're very insistent. This person called their brother. Their brother says, don't you remember? They hooked up, and the brother showed this person a picture. It was a photo of her parents standing in front of a portrait they had done of them. Mm. A picture in a picture. Okay. 
Um, hmm. Next time they saw me, they thanked me. Yeah. Because there was no way I could know about it. Right. This person didn't even remember it. Mm -hmm. So they took the message the way it was supposed to be. That look, we're still with you. Right. And I didn't really understand what picture the significance of picture in a picture was right. or how it worked or anything. But sometimes you see something, it's like, okay, you run with it later on, whether it's yourself or in a case of giving a message, um, they will be able to put together the details. Mm -hmm. you, just, you just see it. That glove maybe is something that, uh, like you said, it could have been the person who did the murder. It could have been something else that uh, it had a symbol for you that... At I mean, the time yeah, he didn't pick up. It, it, could, it, it probably could even have been a symbol for them, maybe. Like, yeah. maybe he gave the mother yellow flowers for Mother's yeah. Day every year or something. Yellow would you know be, what I mean? Yeah, she always wore yellow. Don't yeah, know. Yeah, it, will, so it also plays into that dress, too, of yeah. the yellow dress, yeah. which is weird. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, yeah, it's interesting. The whole, it's interesting, you know, that. It's the when, when when we have a ghost. What's your feelings on ghosts? Do you think it's more of? Do you think it's uh, because maybe it was a violent death, or do you think um, untimely? What do you think? How do you think a ghost is kind of like the, the spirit leaves? But why? Why do you think some spirits stay and some spirits go on? Oh, there are a lot of um, theories on that. Me personally. Mm. Um, I think it could be one of several things. I think some people will stay around because they want to help. Mm -hmm. They help somebody. It's a similar concept through uh, one of the reasons for reincarnation is you come back to do a good deed. Right. Well, if somebody still has a family member around um, that they want to help, right. they, they, they may come back and for a while at least uh, make themselves known or mm -hmm. try and help that person. Um, an, amusing, an amusing thing is that uh, for, I know for a while my mother was still around after she passed. Mm -hmm. One of the funny things is we had a daughter in the room upstairs. She'd go to sleep, the TV would be on, the lights would be on, everything, she'd wake up in the morning, everything shut off. Right. We never went up there. Yeah. My mother had a habit when I was going up, growing mm. up of going around the house and turning everything off. Mm -hmm. She was doing the same thing. Yeah, a lot of people <laughs> will say that, that like they do, it, it's a habit. It's almost like a routine that even though they've passed, they can't break that routine, you know what I mean? But I, I think in that case it was, uh, uh, a case of her hanging around the family kind of help us through help us yeah yeah uh, also I think sometimes untimely death right violent yeah unresolved issues right anger a hateful person who just can't can't just, move they, on that just died they, they, they just die miserable. and they're like miserable and they're locked into and can't see anything except for their hate and the life they just had they stay around well, they I stay around uh, well, I knew some people like that, but, and yeah. one reason I have so few friends is I don't bother with people like that. But you better off not to. But um, yeah, they may be kind of trapped by their anger in this world. Yeah, they're locked into it. Mm -hmm. They've got to be shown that and moved on. Right. Um, also, there's a concept of portals, openings where some may some may uh, wander through. Mm -hmm. uh, some people may maybe lost they didn't uh what some people would say in a spiritualist realm they didn't move into the light they're right. kind of lost and they need some help mm -hmm. um i recently uh went and did uh some mediumship for some people and where they lived ahead of time when i was preparing and for it um I picked up that there was someone down there, a ghost in the house. And when I got there, I, I said, you have, a you have a ghost in this house. It's, it's a young lady. And they said, well, yeah, we have a ghost, but we don't know who it is. Mm -hmm. And I brought someone else, uh, an old student of mine with me, um, did the mediumship, delivered the message. And then we helped that spirit, who was kind of a little bit lost. Mm -hmm. We helped that spirit move on. Um, the update is that, yeah, now the place is no longer haunted. But they just didn't quite make the connection, didn't fully let go. Mm -hmm. and they went back, but they were just kind of wandering around a little bit. And we just gave them kind of like, mm, go in this direction, yeah. <laughs> to the light sort of thing. And that was a spirit that was already in the house when they got it, or did they have any idea who it was? Uh, they had no idea who it was. Mm -hmm. it, it was a young lady. but after, um, Like after finding out there was a young lady, they, there was no clues that that put together for them or anything? 
No, um, yeah. there was a there was one time it, um, I went into one house twice. Mm -hmm. One time I did mediumship, which was very funny because the people had a decorative candle holder mm -hmm. in the shape of a star. It was very thick and solid. There was no candle in it. Yeah. And I was giving a message from somebody, and one of the people in this world was over there, made a wise-ass remark about the person in spirit. Hey. There was a loud crack, and the candle holder split right down the middle and fell apart. Like a negative thing about him? Yeah. Oh, really? And I said, don't stop. When they're in spirit and they're here, don't stop with them. And everybody in the room was like, oh! Yeah, exactly. But they had to come back because yeah. the place was haunted. Right. Earrings might disappear uh, for the woman, or mm. keys go missing, little things going on. That's what happens to socks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's it. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole, a whole sock dimension out there, <laughs> one of each around. kind. Yeah. But um, I gave them information about an old man mm -hmm. and about the house. Um, and this went back a long ways, a uh, hundred or so years. And uh, it took them several years to be able to research the house. They found the original builder. He had built it, how he had died, everything that I had told them. Oh, it was fact, yeah. But it took them years to research it, but yeah. they, they found the facts behind it. And I told them, listen, <coughs> he really loves this land and house, and he's very nice. Yeah. Ask him for help. And they actually called me up. This is years later, they called me up and they said, we want you to know we verified everything. It took us years to find it, and we're getting along. Mm -hmm. Now, if I can't find my earrings, I ask him, can you help me find them? Sometimes I turn around and there they are on the table. Yeah. Uh, so now they have a friendly ghost they live with yeah. and get along with, and they ask help now and then. Everything wants to be appreciated. You every, know what I mean? every, everything does, but it was they were able to verify who the person was. Yeah. And uh, I thought that was that was a really good one for me because it took them years. If sometimes some people will say, "Oh, well, you know, you researched," it took them years to try mm -hmm. and find it out. And I was from the initial call. I was at their home two weeks later. Mm -hmm. So it kind of for them, made them feel good. Yeah. And made me feel good too. Yeah, I think people get creeped out and they don't quite look as much as they should. But you know what I mean? Like yeah. they don't really want to know what's going on. No, you know what I mean. So when you were doing the medium stuff, did you ever have a spirit cross through that wasn't uh, appreciative of being able to speak to people, or were they all pretty much happy to be able to converse with their loved ones? All happy. One of the things uh, principle I have is that light attracts light. So mm -hmm. I put my try and keep myself on a daily basis, but also amp it up, so to speak, right. um, before a gallery of being in that place where nothing negative is welcome. Mm -hmm. Now, one of my rules is, was that I don't want to know who you are, I don't want to talk to you ahead of time, I isolate myself, nothing. Mm -hmm. And if I'm giving you a message, I would give you some information, say, do you understand? I want a yes or a no. If you start to say something, I will shut you down. Mm -hmm. That way there, the only place it could come from is from spirit. If I come up with this personal information that uh, no one else could know and I'm a total stranger. Right. But if you go back to the question you asked, these people are all here seeking communication and they're sending out a vibration to these people. So the loving, the family and the loving loved ones and these, that the ones they want to contact, they're picking that up and coming for that positive purpose. Yeah. So I've always gotten positive mm -hmm. uh, in that situation. I've always gotten, um, and with me, it would particularly in a gallery with, I would keep them kind of small, about 20 people, mm -hmm. is that it would start on one person and, I'd have, and in my mind, I, and sometimes I'd let it slip out and I'd look a little strange standing there Going there, oh, oh, wait, stop, you get your turn. People looking at me like, get your turn, what? No, 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 there's someone there for them, but I gotta give this message first over here. Okay, we got uh, six or seven people here. I'm gonna go in this order. And right. it's kind of like, to me, looking back was kind of funny, but they start to show up once you open that door and yeah. you get that, that whole flow going until a couple of hours later, um, everything is said, everything is done, and it all shuts down. But it always has been positive for me. Mm.
it was the way I was trained to make sure that it was. Well, was there anything you've ever told somebody that kind of shattered their reality and really like emotionally you know, flipped them upside down? Uh, I wouldn't say flipped them upside down, but there was one young, well, a young woman compared to me. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> But she was there, and what I didn't know is she had been to five or six before. Yeah. She had lost her father. I didn't know that. And uh, she was seeking some sort of validation that it was okay. And I gave her a bunch of information, and you could see she was on the edge. Now, I could, I could see there were different types of mediumship. Mm -hmm. Some know, some feel, some see. I get it always. Um, I feel it. I, if I ask somebody, how did you die? I usually start to feel it. Or mm. if I'm standing there, my left knee gives out. I say, oh, yeah, he had a bad left knee, didn't he? And then my knee, knee feels fine. Right. So I get it ways. But I could see him standing next to her. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking in my mind, she needs to know you're here. Yeah. And he points to his ring finger, which is nothing on it, and he smiles. And I got the idea of there in my head. And he points to her pocket. And just smiles at me. So I tell her, your father wants to know that he's here. With you now, and it's okay. He's standing right there next to you. And to make sure you knew, he let me know, you have his wedding band in that pocket. And I pointed to it. That's where she broke down. That's where she finally mm. accepted her father was there. Because yeah. how could this stranger yeah. right. <laughs> have known what was in her pocket? Right. Now, did you work with, uh, or were friendly with other mediums? Um, very few because unfortunately, despite the fact you're doing good work, yeah, um, they're very competitive. I was just gonna ask, what's the ego situation like in that that profession? I say that just because somebody that is that middle ground between you talking to a loved one in another realm, I think would hold great power in the mind to know that they could do that. I feel like anytime that people have power, there's always some leeway for that good old ego to roam in and think they're better you know they're more powerful you know than than there must I, I just assume there must have been some real characters in that profession yes there were some great people i met uh some i yeah. stayed friends with but there were others it's kind of like really you're missing the point because mm. to me one reason i stopped doing it professionally is that this was a gift i could give to people yeah this was a gift i had that was granted to me, and mm -hmm. I felt bad about making money off it. Yeah, I would still help people, right? But I wouldn't charge them money. Yeah. Um, and to me, and some people, it was all about oh, I can do this and I can do that, not that, not that. And it's kind of like you're you're missing the whole point here, mm -hmm. particularly if the point is to give these people some closure or show these people that there's more than this world. We do continue on. Yeah. Our loved ones are still with us. How can, to me, how can you do that from a point of ego? Mm -hmm. To me, it doesn't make right. sense. Well, ego's got a little uh, evil energy in it, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. A negative in it. Um, did the profession change much when, uh, like, did craze of John Edward, Edwards back? You remember when he did, like, Crossing oh, yeah. Over? Like, that was a big deal, I remember. Like, that was, it was a huge show, you know what I mean? And I, I assume... Once you have something blow up into the mainstream like that, now you have everybody stepping out. You know what I mean? It's it, it's kind of like you know filmmaking even turned into that where it just became easier to do it. You know, uh, but when with the show, it became cool, like a cool you yes. know, that cool thing to do. I've always thought it was cool in general, but then it becomes that more popular, accepted mainstream pop culture yep. cool thing. You know what I mean? So I'm sure you, that must have been another uh, dose of big egos and stuff coming through in that yeah, room. Um, it was. It's still very prevalent, still yeah. very popular. Um, just yeah. look at some of the shows on TV. Yeah. The media, the, like, there, there's a Orange County medium, I think. Oh, I think oh. that there's like 10 shows that have been on TV in the last couple of years. Yeah. And they have uh, quite a few of them there. Uh, as I said, it, it is still very popular. Mm -hmm. I had some disagreements uh, with John Edwards and certain mediums mm -hmm. in that, uh, as I said, my thing is I want to know nothing. Right. And if I give you information, you start to say, that sounds like I will put my hand in your face and say, stop. Yeah. I don't want you to say, well, he played off this or mm -hmm. he heard this. I am, if I were to go to a medium, I would be their worst nightmare. Right. Because I would sit there 
and they'd say, oh, who do you want to hear from? You tell me. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. If, if they stop, start fishing, I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. Yeah. I set a high standard because I take it seriously. It's, it can be a wonderful gift and you can help people immensely because we're all afraid of death. Mm -hmm. And when we lose somebody, it's traumatic. And it's a wonderful gift to be able to take some of that fear away mm. and show them that love continues on and right. a person continues on. Yeah. And any hint of someone that's uh, playing a game and not playing it the rules right, I don't like that. Right. I don't. I don't care. I don't. I do not like that. You're abusing a gift. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I mean that's the thing with show business is, you know, no matter what, no matter what, you're, you're, you're if it's on TV, it's fake. No matter what, uh -huh. like your reality shows are fake, your game shows are all fake, you know, and even uh, the show like that where I'm sure people were placed, you know what I mean? You watch Storage Wars. Do you remember <laughs> Billy Jacks, the actor Billy Jacks? Oh, no. He was on DJ. He played Alex in DJ. He, uh, I remember he flipped the, flipped the world for me a little bit because I knew there was always, everything was fake, but he, want, he was on Storage Wars, which I used to watch. And he played one of the bitters, and I was like, oh, even the bitters are fake? Like, what's going on here? So, yeah, there's nothing real on TV. But, yeah, they exploited, they, you know, they did a little exploitation. Uh, Johnny Edwards, did his, is he still going? I'm sure um, he's still going, but, like, I don't, he don't have a show anymore, right? I don't know if he's still going or not. He, I know he had some controversy oh, because he? some people caught him doing some tricks. Some fake shit, yeah. Yeah, so I, I believe he had some problems along the way. Um I've got no idea uh, what he's doing now. Yeah. He's a uh, um, wedding DJ now. <laughs> but, DJ. Uh, but, but one good thing he did do yeah. was open that up for a lot of True. people. Discussion. It the opens up discussion. A discussion. Yeah. And put it out there so people would say, wow, and they could start exploring themselves. Yeah. And finding out uh, more about it. Yeah. So, yeah, he did some good there. Uh, current shows, not really in Prague. I got one or two that, uh, if you talk about paranormal investigation type of shows, yeah, that I find amusing or that I enjoy watching, but uh, myself, no, I kind of I distrust a little bit of all of it. Did you ever get into paranormal activity? Is that the show? Uh, no, paranormal activity is the movie, right? Yeah. Um, paranormal. Oh, I forget. There was, was it? There it was, was one called Lockdown. No, the, no, it wasn't. Lockdown. I think I've heard of that one. It was one where it was a group of kids from a college, Paranormal State. That's oh yes. Um, that dude found himself in trouble later yes. in life too. I remember. But yeah. I enjoyed that show with Chip Coffee and friends with yep. Twitter. Yep, yep. Twitter yep. friends, whatever that means. <laughs> but uh, what the thing I didn't like, and I've seen it in a lot of other shows too. Mm -hmm. And you know it is the network influence. Yeah. Is they start off and they find a ghost, and they mm -hmm. start off and they find this. Yeah. And then you know, second or third season, everything they're finding is a demon. Yeah. They have to amp it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, they're going to lose viewers. Right. So they went from ghost hunters now to confronting demons all the time. Yeah. And it's kind of like, uh, what? Yeah, that's <sighs> and the show aspect. I mean, you can't. It. It's the show. You can't like drop in excitement like if if, if, if yeah, the, the first episode's you know crazy you can't the second and third can't be sleepers you know what I mean but yeah that's that's the problem with bringing show business into any of it I know that the ice cubes are the ice cubes are cold as demons <laughs> you know what I mean but the the other thing is that yeah. one thing I disagree with them a lot is and it, to me it's a little bit dangerous if there, in fact, there is some sort of activity there, mm -hmm. and you see it on shows where people go in and they start challenging and right. calling out. Well, number one, it's not any respect for the dead. That's true. And two, if there is something there more than just a person mm. or something that's nasty, yeah. and you're challenging it, you're opening yourself up to things that, and some of them may not happen there. Mm -hmm. you, may, you may have an attachment, something that's gonna follow you home. I've mm -hmm. had that happen to me. I believe in that, yeah. And, or recently, uh, and they can attach through an object. Mm -hmm. And that goes into a whole different realm because uh, attaching to, to an object is certain things you can do in certain magic circles. Right, true. And you can call things in, you can attach them to an object, you use the power of what, what you have attached there, 
the spirit, demon, or otherwise. And if it attaches to you and you're not ready to deal with it or break that attachment, you've got a problem. Right. And if you go into a home and you're starting to scream out all this stuff, like I said, you're not showing respect for those in spirit. And you may be opening doorways or something for yourself or even a homeowner once you leave True. that you don't want in there. Yeah, I mean, that, that's why you have all the, the, the houses are handed down and there's so many generations and different families that go through, they don't think of that. And they do, they automatically assume that the spirit would be a bad thing, you know what I mean, and kind of attack it. You've seen Poltergeist, right? Yeah. That's why I like that. I'm a big fan. PG, it's surprising that movie's PG and so scary. Uh, Caroline what do you think of that? She's a medium, I believe. The the medium they bring in. Oh, yes. I she's see like that. the yep. most famous medium in the world, face-wise. Yeah. Fake, you know, fake one, but. Fake one there. The, recently, there was a famous one that passed. Her oh, funerals. Warren. Yeah, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. A couple weeks ago there, yeah. Yeah, she was, uh, her and her husband were a big, they big were, team. They were big. If the, if the rumors are true, she's going to be, uh, or has been buried in a haunted cemetery. There you go. And it's kind of like, really? <laughs> Didn't she get enough of that while she was alive? Really? Yeah. I mean, and the whole cemetery thing. I mean, that's yeah. just the body. That's not the spirit. Why is it haunted? Unless something that's else true. happened there. Well, a lot of things have happened everywhere. So that, old earth. That's it. Old earth. I mean, when I was young, I used to love cemeteries. Yeah. I used to go there day, and I used to sneak in at night. Yeah. I found them peaceful. I, I, in my daily walks to this day, I walk through a cemetery. Yeah. It's a very Great. peaceful place. Peaceful, very peaceful. You know, I'd bother. It's quiet. Most people don't want to go in there because they got that weird, creepy vibe to it. But I don't know. There's no. There's nothing there. It's it's old. No. It's old materials. You know what I mean? That's all it is. It's old suits. That's all it is. But um, yeah, and they do have a great look. You know. I'm surprised there's not more cemeteries with all the people that have died throughout the years. Well, unfortunately, a lot of times, and you're usually not told about it, there are some that are either paved over or mm. a variety of things happen like that. Which, guys. That's yeah. what happens with that. You know, they build houses over them. I saw a documentary, and it, was, it didn't have to do with the uh, supernatural, mm -hmm. but it was uh, about down south, and they had a law in this area where you could not build over a cemetery. Mm -hmm. Someone purposely bought a plot of land which included a cemetery, yeah. but it was a very, very old one that few people knew about, mm -hmm. and built a small airport there. Oh. And they hid most of everything. Someone found one of the old uh, gravestones, the flat type set in the earth. Yeah, yeah. Person was exposed, Boom, there, there goes his whole investment and everything. Yeah. But you, for money, people will do stuff like that. So what would they do in a situation like that? Would they condemn the area, like, almost like they, like if somebody didn't pull a permit, would it would it be something like that? Because they're not supposed to build over it. So would no. they just shut them down type thing? Or is that how that would work? I think, I think it, I think they got shut down. Yikes. But uh, what, basically the place should have been known, recognized, cordoned off, whatever you want to say, yeah. okay. Here's a historic cemetery, build around it, but don't touch the soil. Yeah. And that was a case of, I think, they paved over bodies and stuff. It was, that's, yeah. really? Yeah, disrespectful. Yeah. Money. Yeah, Green. money. You've been to New York, right? Yeah. You know, there's a gigantic cemetery. When you go in to New York, um, from like, from, from, you know, I've driven in two different ways, but there's one way that you go in and you drive over a cemetery for like <coughs> 15 minutes. Whoa. Yeah, it's like the biggest cemetery I've ever seen in my life, and it's just grave. It's just graves everywhere. It's like it's weird to drive through it. It's like driving through a town that is just, you know. But NYC, you got big murder capital. You know, you got to put the body somewhere. Um, but yeah, eventually, I mean, shit. If if the world was allowed to stay around for another couple hundred years. It'd be very interesting to see where they start putting these people. They're going to start burning people eventually. Well, you know, you're going to save space, uh, bury them upright. I think realistically they will burn people in the graveyards we have now. They're going to mulch up and build over it, and they're just going to say, 
those people have been dead for 50 years. They're just ashes now anyways. And that, and, and, and people will be okay with that because it was so long. I think that's what eventually happens. And there'll be no such thing as, as burials, you know what I mean? It'll be just burnings. The concept that I like, which is also works well as a joke, yeah. but in reality, I think it would be a good way, particularly if, let's say, people are invo- uh, concerned about the environment. Is this the tree thing? Yes. I've seen this. This can, is pretty yeah, cool. The, yeah, the tree, the tree I enjoy thing. That, yeah. A little container, your ashes in it, and it grows into a tree. Yeah. Start planting forest. Yeah. No, I agree. But I don't think people understand how important those trees really are. They think of paper. They never think of oxygen. They yeah. never think of oxygen. But the whole joke thing is, is that's how you get a haunted forest. True. <laughs> I can think of, oh, plant, plant the ashes with... Roll into a tree, haunted, uh-uh, nope, nope. I say do it. Hell yeah, man. We, we Japan has their own haunted forest. We need our own. Yeah. I, I say you, you can, to me, if it were a situation where you had something like that, and I could go walking through a beautiful forest right. on a beautiful day, right? and I knew part of that forest was loved ones, was yeah. loved ones that just returned to the earth and are giving oxygen and new life. Yeah. I think that's great. I don't think it's creepy. Yeah, have a creepy. It's less creepier than sitting in front of a gravestone and eating a sandwich. You know what I mean? It's a great. It's a great idea to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, when I seen that, I thought that was cool. I also seen something they were doing where they put your ashes in a multicolored paperweight type thing. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool too. I do like the tree thing because then you get to live on type deal, and you are giving back to Earth. You know, you take so much from Earth while you're alive. It's nice to give a little back. So I can appreciate that for sure. Oh, there, there's an old uh, Native American ritual that mm-hmm. some tribes had where it's called drop your robes. And when someone got old and were a drain on the clan or the family, yeah, they would say goodbye, take a little bit of few to, few uh, food, mm-hmm. a few things in a robe, and go off into, into nature. Okay. Hmm. And when you drop your robes, it's basically you go off, you're in nature, it is beautiful. You let it happen. Yeah. Now, what's going to happen is the animals are going to come. Mm-hmm. They're going to get some of you. Mm-hmm. You're going to feed nature. You're going to decay and go into the ground. You're going back to the earth. Yeah. And you're helping the environment. I, I mean, the problem would be, you know, you nowadays is you'd be walking through a park or something like that and go, oh, another dead body over I there know. half chewed up. It wouldn't exactly work <laughs> yeah. nowadays. Yeah, I mean, to go back to the, the tree thing, I mean, it, with your ash, I don't know if the ash you'd grow from ash, you'd have to get a slot bucket at you, like a nice moist, wet slot bucket. So when you rot it up, it was a good, you know, fertilizer to uh, to do it up. But but there, there, are, there are ways, and I, I really do believe that um, we, the spirit moves on. It's, it is just the body that stays behind. That's why cemeteries, particularly what we do to bodies, mm-hmm. and embalming and stuff, there's no person there. Well, the worst, the, th- the thing that, I'm not afraid of death. The thing that I don't like about death is what happens to your body when you die. Like, that's the horrifying part. Like, I don't mind de- being dead and not being, well, it's unfortunate not being here and stuff but like the fact that you turn into a wet trash bag is like I'm not down with that feel you know to be like my hopes is that when I die I'm found immediately and then I can be like burnt up or whatever they want to do uh, and then just get rid of my ashes like I don't want to I, I do when I see pictures because I'm a goon and look at horrible things on the internet when I see pictures of dudes that they took the, the big nap on their couch and now they're a part of it and stuff it's like poof I don't want to be that dude, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, what happens after death has always been, forever, for everybody, it's always been a gruesome subject, topic. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Crazy. Well, it's, and getting back to the mediumship, one, yeah. of the, one of the good things about it, um, mm-hmm. to me, one of the wonderful things about it is that, and you take the example of the girl with the ring from her father. Yeah. Her whole outlook on death now is different. Right. Yeah, and with that type of message, when done that way, mm-hmm. and it comes across, then someone goes, wow, this body isn't everything. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've had some people that have gone on to, um, gotten in touch with me later saying, oh, look, I've, I'm exploring this discipline or this thing, and I'm looking into this, and now suddenly it's kind of like, oh, wait a minute, I've been so rooted in this world mm. 
I'm going to start looking at other things. Yeah. I'm going to start looking outside of it. And they feel good. Right. They su- they suddenly start feeling good, saying, you know, get up in the morning and go, hi, Mom, hi, Dad, whatever. I'm having a good day. <laughs> do you think mediums should be considered a part of the medical field? Because they do kind of come off like psychologists in a way to help people grieve and get through the death process. The problem would be training them and the finding legitimate ones. Right. Um, it's a very, very difficult thing. And plus, particularly with the proliferation of TV shows now, and they're talking, oh, then you have a chaos magician, and then you have this, and then they start coming up with all these different categories, and this person deals with this, and this person deals with, and it may be a little old school. I was taught that one person who deals with almost everything. Mm-hmm. Um, some places they go, and you see the, and I realize it's for TV. They talk about, oh, portal is opened up. You can close a portal. Right. I know how to close a portal. Mm-hmm. If you do enough research, you can find out how to close a portal. Yeah. It's a portal. A vortex is different. That's an energy. Yeah. And you got the ley lines over the earth and energy, but that's not necessarily bad, a vortex. Right. A portal, you can close it. Techni- technically, anytime you communicate, you're opening a small portal. That's true. Within yourself. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Um, if, you're, if you're removing attachments and you're doing stuff... You, Anything to do with the negative, you're doing chaos work. Right. So it's a lot of terms to kind of boost up ratings on some of the shows right. and a lot of confusion, but it's it's kind of like what it comes down to is you are energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the disciplines I've, uh, I work within, it's all about energy, raising your energy level. Einstein said matter is energy slowed down. Mm-hmm. Um, raising that to be on the same energetic level as other dimensions or worlds, such as spirit world, and that's how you communicate through that through that energy and those vibrations back and forth. It's vibration, it's energy. Mm. You raise that up. Even the Earth, the Schumann resonance, that's the uh, rate, uh, the vibration um, of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that can be measured. So it's all about that energy. Everything else is just window dressing. People are putting on to sell it. Yeah. Once you get down to those basics and you work it, energy is also bound in your chakra, your energy centers in, in your system. Mm-hmm. You cleanse them, you work them, you expand them, you raise your energy up, level up. And now you can see, and now you're in contact with all of this around you. And of course you learn your protections and your things to be able to shut it down mm-hmm. or close it off. But it's that's all it is. All the rest are just fancy names from someone else trying to either sell a show or make some money or it's all very basic it's how what, you use it what type of um, you know uh, schooling or education you think somebody should do if they were gonna go into that or you know like a schooling or a co-op situation or um, after after the courses that you know they 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 train under like someone else is doing it type deal um, I I would suggest they try something like Reiki first. Mm-hmm. They'll balance the chakras, learn about energy a lot. Uh, get that get that first. Because you can actually read energy fields in a person. Um, I remember when I was studying and the person teaching it was over there and, his, and they were talking about the root chakra which holds your whole history mm-hmm. and issues. And to be able to pull up and recognize things and see them. You can go into somebody's energy field, which I would never do without permission. Mm-hmm. And they had turned, looked at me, and then went, oh. And I just looked at him and smiled, and he said, oh, you are protected. I said, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not letting you in. Right, right, right. <laughs> but you work those energies. You expand those energies. Yeah. And once you've got, you're comfortable with working it, then be very critical in finding someone. Um, put them to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, don't give them any information. Right. Make sure they work for it and they show that they're legitimate. And also make sure that they're willing to help people. Right. And they're willing, they're willing, they take it in a very serious way, a very helpful way. Because once you find out they're legitimate and if this person has a good heart and is, uh, and is doing it, you'll find that you just begin in a lease to start talking about sort of help and want to explore that path. Yeah. And you'll find them turning around saying, yeah, sure, come on, work with me, or I'll help you a little bit, and yeah. I'll show you this, and we'll take you along, and they they will help. Yeah, It's going to have to be a ma- an energetic match. Their energy is going to have to feel good. 
And that's, that's on the simplest level as you walk into a room and you, and you say, oh, there's bad vibes in here. Yeah, whether you're conscious of it or not, you're picking up on bad energy levels. Right. When you meet somebody that's legitimate across the board and you just feel good around them mm -hmm. and they're treating people good, that's the person you approach. It's nice and simple. Mm. And if that means going to some galleries or taking some courses here and there until you find somebody that's easy to reach out to and that's willing to help, you do that, setting those standards. Hmm. Yeah. I, um, the, uh, I wonder, you know, what was I going to say? Um, with, the, with the, you know, how, how far back do you think the, the medium profession has gone? Do you think it's been there since the beginning? Because I assume there was a time when they probably would have been prosecuted the way yes. witches were. Yes. You know what I mean? Warlocks. They probably would have been called warlocks by the fact that they're even saying they can speak to the dead. You know what I mean? Well, you can see that. You can see that in the uh, problems that anybody, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be witchcraft or not, in the Middle Ages, you can go back to Rome, ancient Greece, uh, the temples where they spoke to the gods and they gave messages and they had people that would um, also also give messages from the dead. You can actually go back in some of the prohibitions in the Old Testament against um, people who practice false religions. And some of, some of the descriptions sounds mm -hmm. very much like either witchcraft or mediumship today. Yeah. Uh, when they talk about the false prophets and those that um, deal with the, the dead or the other worlds. There's, yeah, it it's, has always been there. It is interesting to see how different parts of the world treat it differently. Yeah. Still to this day, probably. Still, yeah. still, still to this day, there were some areas of the world, um, or particularly with Aboriginal tribes, where there were still some that are close to their roots, where they've always respected it and still do, and they don't have that problem. Yeah, I, I can imagine it's probably, you know, in some places they're praised up as messiahs, and other places they're stoned to death. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, it's it's basically two two different ones there. Um, but it hasn't been around and either gotten a good or a negative reception. Oh yeah, I would I would say the early, at first they would have called them shamans. Mm. The early shamans, you can go back thousands of years. Yeah. The people that communicated with. And I think that I have mixed feelings sometimes if you see, you have old rock, old rock art mm -hmm. and someone looks at it and there's a figure there and they say, aha, uh -huh, that looks like a spacesuit. Maybe yes, maybe no, but consider right. this. If you had a shaman who's trying to describe to people in this world something that's not of this world, <laughs> right. another dimension of spirit, and it might not even be human. That you've never seen. That you've never yeah. seen. And he's trying to describe it, and who knows what the artistic ability may or may not be. Right. But that drawing is as close as he can get to something that you can't really describe because you have no reference here. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. So, could it be aliens? Well, we can discuss that another time. Could it be a simple, someone trying to represent something? It's it's very simple that, you know, two people don't have anything common, a common language. Mm. How do they communicate? They start drawing something or starting with one word. There's going to be a lot of miscommunication until they find those common links. Yeah. And that's, I believe that's uh, part of the problem or has been part of the problem in the past. And we're looking at the past, uh, archaeology, and we're looking at all of this as we're taking our viewpoint now and superimposing it, saying this is what it had to have been. You've got to leave it open to anything. Yeah. You've got to leave it wide open because we weren't there. They thought differently. They lived differently. They, Everything was a whole different world to them right. than what we have. Right now, I take a look back, and I look back 60-odd years, and say, yeah, this is a whole different world when I was growing up. Yeah. <laughs> never, never mind 60,000 years ago or six, or 100,000. Yeah. Has it been like a progression since the beginning, you know, where like maybe in the beginning there was only a few different ways that they could kind of cross over or see or, or communicate. And, you know, maybe now there's more. And then maybe 50 years from now, where do you think it would be? Where do you think like the, the medium profession would be at? Fifty years from now, if we're lucky enough to be alive in in, in a place, a, a species, 
I don't know because there is a corner of science mm -hmm. that um, is more and more in line with. Um, there have been some research now that e equate the consciousness with energy, and even scientists say that goes back to the universe. Mm -hmm. And they may be using different terminology, yeah. but much of it is the same. So science is starting to say, okay, they won't admit it, but it really is a case that you say ghost, we say energy. Right. Yep. And aha, or consciousness, we say energy. Mm. But the way science is looking at it, uh, with quantum physics and uh, other things, it's, I think that at some point, I don't care what the terminology is, I think the science and the mediumship or the communication uh, will merge. We may find, because to me it is nothing but, if you talk the spirit world, the spirit mm. world is another dimension. Right. Even scientists admit there are multiple dimensions. Right. Or the multiverse, multiple universes. Yeah. So a medium could simply be someone who has an ability to bridge into another dimension or universe hmm. where it just so happens the consciousness or the energy or the people that were here have hmm. already gone into after this life. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. But science seems to be heading more in that direction. Yeah, they're big into subconscious too, which yep. is like a different, you know, dimension in itself. That is, the subconscious is powerful. Um, that's a whole different episode. We're going to get there eventually, but that, yeah. That, that, that's a different, I'm a, board, but, I'm a board certified hypnotherapist. One of my specialties is past life regression. So we're yeah. going to have fun with oh, that. Yeah. We're going to have fun. We're going to have fun with that. But you get the conscious and you get the subconscious yeah. and you get the interplay of energy and you get vibration and science starting to say certain things and you got multiple dimensions and multi-universe yeah. and stuff. And it's, to me, it's fascinating to try and tie a lot of it together without mm -hmm. constricting it and limiting it. Right. Well, they make it, it's, it's almost like with the subconscious thing, they almost like, like they, they, they want to get to a point where communication is, it can literally be me and a dude in Japan just thinking about each other and having a conversation from our couches. Like, I think that's where, like, they're, they're kind of, they're trying to get to a place like that, I think, with the whole, with the science and the technology and how the brain works and communication and all that. And um, it's interesting because once typical conversation gets to that place, I'm very curious to where that, because there'll always be a next level, I think, up of those people that are gifted enough to be able to hit, hit those realms. Uh, and regular people won't be able to do that. But once regular people get to a uh, heightened level of communication, mm -hmm. I'm very curious to see where me the medium level will be at, you know, of communication with. Uh, you know the people that have passed or like maybe alien forms you know from different different planets dimensions galaxies and all that you know what I mean uh, that stuff's really interesting to see where that where, where, where we end up with that but even even the government in the past um, had programs to train people for remote viewing yeah you're in one part of the world looking at something in another part um, some of the tra some of the training I went through is was remote viewing mm -hmm. and so these things exist. I think that people have m much more of these abilities than they realize. And like I said be earlier, that we've just kind of shut them down. Yeah. Because if we continue on in spirit, then our true nature is that spirit or energy form. Right. That's our nature. Right. The body is just a temporary thing. Mm -hmm. It's freeing that up. And I mean, if you're going to go into certain, like uh, India and certain areas in Tibet, um, being free of the body in that pure energy form is somewhat equivalent to being enlightened. Yeah. It's letting the whole body and all of this, the trappings, trappings of uh, this world behind, rising above it. Yeah. Like they say, we only use a percentage of our brain. Yeah. That if we used our entire brain, then we'd be like superheroes. You know what I yeah. mean? Uh, I look forward to a future where they, un, you know, tap into unlocking that. It'd be interesting. It'd be, that'd be a weird... I mean, it's almost like that too much power thing coming into play. It'll be interesting to see a society that would survive or, you know, go progress and just, or progress, but like a society following that format of everybody being that enlightened would be very interesting. Well, the, you also, right now, you have Reiki, yeah, um, and which is a Japanese system, healing system which uses the energy of the universe. Mm. So you have an individual can call down that energy direct it into a certain area, and that person is healed. You're doing it all on an energetic level. There are people that are good at it and mm -hmm. can actually do that right now. Yeah. 
So you've got the mediums and you've got the healers and it's pulling them all together and stepping the game up, raising it to a higher level, like you say, so to see what's out there yeah, and just how far we can go. Yeah. Well, we can go very far and we're just about at that hour spot and uh, thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you on episode two. Oh yeah, we'll be more here. Or mostly ghostly and other things. Have a good one.